You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. Welcome back to another episode where we're going to be talking about the biggest mistakes that you are making when you're flirting. And I know that these mistakes are being made because I've made these mistakes before. My clients are making these mistakes. People that I go out with make these mistakes. So I want to fix these for you once and for all so you have a better idea of how to get better at flirting. And I want to be more specific here because some of this is going to be a little bit more towards cold approach, but some of it will also help with doing flirting when you're on a date as well. And I will definitely decipher between the two as we go through each of them. Now, I wanted to to just zoom out for a second. I'll come back to this. I wanted to talk about an experience I've been having lately that I think is going to help you out a lot as well. I don't know if any of you guys have done yoga before, and maybe those of you who have done it already kind of know what I'm about to say or what I'm about to talk about in terms of how it might be helpful with dating. But as you know, I like to you know, give my anecdotal stories and, and talk about things that I do that I think are going to help with you. You know, I'm always giving you recommendations based on things that I'm doing and I'm trying, which, you know, I try a lot. And so I've now done yoga, uh, not that many times, by the way, I'm, I'm not a yogi by any means. Uh, I'm not sure how, how much I'm going to continue to do it. I want to try to do it at least once a week, but I've probably done it about six, seven times at this point, and specifically really focusing on hot yoga, which I find to be so much more rewarding and more fun because it's more challenging when you're doing these very difficult yoga positions in a very hot room and you're just sweating. But I think that that sweating and that crazy hot room that you're in adds this whole different element to uh, the experience from the times that I've done it while it's not hot versus the ones that I have. And I went this weekend, Megan and I went, we, we just came back to Chicago. We found a yoga place that's only a couple blocks away. We signed up for a hot yoga class. We were actually trying to go for only an hour, but the only classes that they had was an hour and a half. So I guess we're like, all right, we're, we're going to get in this then hour and a half of hot yoga. I've only done this like five or six times. Let's see what this is like. And man, it was so rewarding, so uh, so much of a self-esteem builder because you're doing something really hard. And I had a moment in class. I was about halfway through the class and I was doing something where it was a really hard pose, like one where I could not get my body to move in this position and you're balancing and you're on one foot and you're grabbing your leg and you're bending backwards. And, and I'm not a very flexible guy. And so I'm doing this and I started to get really frustrated, really almost angry in the middle of this. Like, this is stupid. I can't, you know, you're, you're just kind of like in this moment where all these thoughts are just racing and hitting you. And some of those thoughts are, this is dumb. This is, you know, why can't I do this? I'll never be able to do this. It's so funny how all of a sudden when you're doing something that's challenging because how often do we really challenge ourselves that much to the point where these thoughts come out? So it's like, that was my natural reaction in that moment. 
And as the second that that happened, I thought of you guys. Okay. I, and this happens a lot. I think of you guys, uh, the guys I talked to on the podcast, because I knew I was going to bring this up because in that moment, like right in that moment, I was like, this reminds me of approaching women. This reminds me of when I had to go out and talk to women and get over that challenge. And by the way, really any challenge, right? Like any challenge that you want to do something and you want to do it right, but you're not able to do it. And we kind of live in this world right now where we're, where we want things now and we're, we're a little bit more impatient. And, and I remember that those moments happening all the time when I, when I was going out and approaching women, you know, I'd go up, I'd get rejected or I'd finally, you know, try to go up and I'd say something stupid and I'd be like, Oh, this is so hard. Or I'd go up to a girl and she was just rude and, and mean and it would just give this, I don't know, I'd had this nasty taste in my mouth from, from doing these kinds of approaches. Or I'd go on a date and it didn't work out and I'd just really be bummed. And so this was me at that time and then in this very moment in this yoga position going through something challenging. And I'm trying to be nice here. I'm kind of joking when I say this, but and I was being a big baby about it. Right. And I don't want this to be self-deprecation because I don't ever want us to be mean to ourselves. That's that's not helpful. But I look back at it and I'm just and I'm thinking, I was just being a big baby. You know, like, oh, okay, it was hard for that moment. Because then guess what? Then I got into another position and I was able to do that yoga position. Or, you know, in that moment it was hard, but then what happens is you kind of repeat the position a few times. And then every time you repeat it, you start to get it a little bit more and a little bit more. And in that moment, I'm like, okay, the first time trying it was really hard. I got it like 5% more the second time and like 15% the third time. And I know if I go back and try it, it's going to get easier, right? So it's, I don't know if you guys have those moments. Like, do you ever have that moment? Like, look out for that. When you're doing something challenging or hard and you're attempting it and you kind of want a quick result, but you don't get it and it's just really hard and you start to get like angry and you don't even know who you're angry at. Like, I guess you're angry at yourself or the situation or for some reason you become angry with like I was, I don't know, for a moment, I feel like I was angry at yoga in general. Like, how dumb is that, right? Like, I was like, oh, this is, this is so hard. This is so stupid. What's the point? Or you might become angry with women. Like, oh, they're so dumb and whatever. And this sucks. And by the way, these feelings are okay. It's normal. You're going to have them. I think there's times when it's going to be hard not to feel that. I don't know. Maybe some of you guys don't feel those, those kind of like little bursts of frustration or a little bursts of anger, I guess. But if any of you do, just know, listen, you're not alone. I feel them. It's normal. We get frustrated when we want to do something and we can't do it. When we want to get something right and we can't do it. And I think the difference between the person who succeeds and the person who doesn't succeed is the person who is able to get past those points. And I think this is a great topic for today because it's all related, right? So in those moments, I was very frustrated, but you got to keep going so you you can get over the hump and, and not make those mistakes. Just like I'll be talking to you today about the idea of flirting and the mistakes that you might be making when you're flirting. And then the awareness and knowing of the mistakes can help you get better. 
just like in that moment when I was doing that yoga pose, I'm sure if I had a coach there or someone telling me like, Hey, you know, you're just doing that a little bit wrong. Let's move your arm here. Let's tweak this a little bit here. You seem to be putting your balance on more of this part of your foot and et cetera, et cetera. And I know that we don't always have that, right? We might be doing this on our own, but that's where repetition comes in. So guys, please be patient with yourself as you're going through this process and in life and any process you're going to go through. But you know what's really cool is on the other side of trying to accomplish something challenging is insane growth, right? Where you can look back at yourself and you can say, okay, I was being a little bit of a baby, right? I could have got through that. I made it happen. I'm awesome. I made it happen. I stuck with it. And here's the thing too. You won't grow as a person. You won't build your self-esteem and your confidence if everything in life is easy. So we have to really appreciate the things that are challenging because if they weren't challenging, then you wouldn't grow and you wouldn't care and you wouldn't have confidence. You wouldn't feel good about yourself. That's the whole point. And I know that seems kind of funny because if we, ha- I'm guessing if we, cho- without thinking about it, if we chose, we'd be like, oh yeah, I would love it. life on easy mode, but that doesn't do anything for you. And I'm not trying to get all like lovey-dovey, wooey here of like, you need to grow, but it, it really is crucial. I mean, if you want the confidence and self-esteem, which is going to help you become better in all these different areas of your life, especially with women, then yeah, we want these moments. We want the challenging moments that come in front of us that we can really conquer. So just a little thought there, wanted to throw that out. I had that moment in yoga class and I, I in, that, in that second, I was like, I'm sure I'm going to talk about this in the podcast and here we are. So I hope that helps a little bit. This is not me really saying you should do yoga, although, hey, I, I do recommend it. I'm having a good time. It is challenging, but I would say, on a grander scale, doing things that are challenging, that are hard and trying to do those on at least a monthly basis. So you can, again, build that confidence and become a stronger version of yourself. We do help with that in our coaching program. We have so many cool things available right now. We have virtual coaching programs where you get on a call with a coach every single week to hold you accountable, to help you with approaching women, to help you with what to say when you're talking to them, what to say on dates, how to get a dating profile that's getting more dates. We also have a boot camp option where right now we are actually flying out to you. So wherever you are, and we're even we're even having options outside of the US, definitely Canada and in, in Europe and Australia, we, we have some options as well where a coach will fly out to you and help you approach and spend three full days with you approaching women, going over your dating profile, going over methods of attraction, going over my whole TED formula, as well as doing demos and approaching women so you can see how it's done. Very cool stuff. If you're interested in learning more about this, and we also have a financing program. So if those of you who are really wanting to do coaching, you want to do it now, you don't want to wait, you don't want to wait to save up and you want to just join the program, we have a financing option where you can get a low interest financing option. You can then join the program ASAP 
and then you can pay it off in very low monthly installments. And a lot of guys have taken us up on that and they have not regretted it and they've loved that they've been able to just jump in right away. So head over to tripadvicecoaching.com, book a call with my team. We have, uh, my team is all over the world, so we're taking calls most hours of the day, even starting at like 1 a.m. So wherever you are, go ahead, book a call, tripadvicecoaching.com. We'll chat with you. We'll see if it makes sense. We'll see if it works for you. And if it does, awesome. And if it doesn't, no hard feelings. Tripadvicecoaching.com. Check it out. Now, let's get into the five biggest mistakes that you're making when you're flirting. Number one, and this is in no specific order, like per usual, like I usually do, but this one seemed to come first to my head because it really is the beginning of everything, which is you wait too long. So a lot of guys will wait way too long before they start to flirt. They end up well, first of all, they might do it. They might not do it at all, right? Which is obviously a mistake, but that's so obvious. I didn't need to put that here. But they just wait too long on the date in the interaction. So on a date, what's interesting is guys will think, well, I'm on a date. So the context of a date is in itself flirt- flirtatious. It's flirty, it's romantic, like it's a date. So I might not have to do anything. I just need to kind of talk to them. So you're right and you're wrong. First of all, you're right. The context of a date is romantic, but you still need to flirt because if you don't, then they're going to walk away and go, oh, that date was really boring or I didn't feel any chemistry with that guy. That's what they're going to say. I just didn't feel a connection. Like that's what they're going to say. I didn't feel a connection. I wasn't really attracted. There was no chemistry, right? That's there because you weren't flirting. Maybe you waited too long. You did it a little bit at the end. Or maybe you're going and you're doing some sort of cold approach and you start to talk to them a little bit, but then you're not really doing much flirting. You're at the club, you're at the bar, and you're just having some boring nonsense conversation. And so then they have nothing to become attracted to. There's no stimulation. There's no emotional spike. You're not using TED. You're not using the TED formula the formula for attraction, tension, entertainment, and dominance. And flirting kind of fits nicely into that tension aspect, building tension. So if you wait too long, then you're going to end up in a non-sexual zone or a friend zone kind of situation where they just don't see you as, as anything but a guy that they had a conversation with. So first mistake, stop waiting. Jump into it the second you're with them. The second you're with them, you could be teasing them. The second you're with them, you could be saying something that is very polarizing, right? Just disagreeing with something that they're saying, disqualifying them, push pull, all things that I talk about a lot on the podcast. Getting into that as soon as possible. Okay, number two, you're not watching for signs of when to push it. So I know that for a very long time over here at Trip Advice, I've said, don't worry about signs that they're interested in you in the context of you should always be asking them out, right? Guys, 
are always looking, oh, sign she's interested, sign she likes me, because then they'll know like if they like them and then they can ask them out or something like that. But I'm talking on a micro level. You're not watching for signs that they might be interested inside of the interaction itself so you could therefore flirt even harder or maybe even go for a kiss. So this is like calibration in a sense, understanding where they're at in the interaction. It's a little bit more advanced. Advanced meaning it just takes a lot of approaches and a lot of dates to kind of get to this point, but it's very, very helpful. So let me just back up for a second. I want to be very clear what I'm trying to say here. I'm not saying that you need to look for signs of whether or not you should ask the girl out. Even if you're in an interaction and you're only flirting a little bit, or maybe you're not flirting at all, which of course is a mistake, but let's just say you're just kind of new at this and you're trying to figure it all out. No matter what, whether you think they're interested or not, just ask for a number because they might be. But if you want to take flirting to a more advanced level, like for example, if you want to know whether or not it'd be a good time to go for a kiss because her buying temperature went up. So she's that much more interested in you in the interaction. Buying temperature is an old pickup term, which uh, is still very relevant, right? Buying temperature just means like, it's it's an old sales term, like they're buying temperature. Like if a person you're selling something to is really interested then that might be the time to say, you know, go for the sale or something like that. But for this, it's like, all right, you're talking to a girl, you're flirting with her. It's all going really well. You kind of notice that she's giving you really good eye contact. You're noticing that she's starting to not pay attention to anything else other than the interaction with you. You're starting to notice that she's very responsive to when you are flirting with her in the sense that maybe she's lightly pushing you or she's flirting with you back. She's teasing you. This is her buying temperature going up. This is her showing a lot more interest. And so when you notice this, when you're aware of this, you can start to flirt with her even more. This is when you can introduce more touch. This is when you can pull her close to you, or you can have some sort of excuse to touch her waist or touch her arm. This is when you can go for the kiss. So the mistake is you're not watching for signs of when to push it, because if you're not doing that, it might be harder for you to really escalate with the flirting. Again, this is a little bit more advanced. That doesn't mean you should stay away from it. That doesn't mean you should be fast forwarding this part. This is something that you will get to And you want to get to this point when you've had enough interactions where you can tell, okay, she's kind of interested. And also, it's just more advanced because a lot of guys get really caught up in their nerves and in their head, and they're very outcome dependent. So they're just not really able to think as quickly and as precise on the spot. So keep in mind that when you're flirting with the woman, look for those signs so you know to escalate the flirting. That's the whole point. Okay, number three. This is related to number two. You wait for signs at all. Okay, so let me be clear about this. The mistake is you're waiting for signs to flirt. So the last one, 
was you're waiting, you're not waiting for signs, or I should say you're not watching for signs of when to push it. But if you're sitting there and you're just waiting for signs to flirt in general, that's a no-no. Meaning you need to be flirting with her no matter whether you see any signs. Maybe you're not escalating it to heavier flirting or to a kiss, but if you go in and you go, okay, I'm only going to flirt at all if I get some sort of indicator of interest from her or she does something, that's a mistake. Because the beginning of flirting sometimes is what creates the attraction to then get those responses, to then get the signs to then push it further. You understand what I'm saying here? You don't want to wait for any signs to flirt. You need to trigger the flirting, or I should say, initiate the flirting. As soon as you're on a date, as soon as you're in an interaction, and you don't want to wait for signs. Some guys will do that, and that's the mistake, is they go in and they go, okay, I only really want to flirt if like she's starting to flirt with me. And by the way, that was my whole strategy from you know, high school all the way to my mid-20s. I would be too scared to push it, to flirt. I'd be too scared to do anything because I didn't want to get rejected. Well, hell, I barely even approached but I would only kind of flirt with them or try to flirt if they started doing it with me. But that's false. You create it. You trigger it. You create the context of the interaction. Then they join in. Or maybe they don't. I don't know. Maybe you do get rejected. So what? So be it. But that's what we want. Okay? We really, really want to be Starting it as soon as possible, that's that's the first mistake, and starting it even though there's a lack of flirtatious energy coming from her. All right, number four. Let's go into a little bit of a different direction. Some guys will actually overdo the entertaining, fun side of it. So yes, you might be flirting too much. And I don't want to, you know, confuse you too much where you're like, well, how much is too much? How do I know? Okay, very simple. It's very simple. If the whole interaction is you push-pull, teasing, if that's happening 100% of the time and you're not building any rapport with her, you're not having any real conversation of true substance and it's just too fun and too entertaining and too jokey, it's overkill. It's overkill. So in order to make you learn this and understand this the best, even if you're doing it 90% of the time, that's fine. I'm not going to confuse you too much. It just shouldn't be 100% of the time. And I think that's easy enough to understand here, right? Easy enough. If you're doing it 100% of the time, the flirting, the teasing, the joking, lots of touching, like that's happening And there's no kind of pullback to like, hey, we're two humans having a conversation to interact other than flirt, having normal, the considered, you know, boring conversation or whatever it is when you're getting to know someone. You got to have a little bit of that in there because that's going to help build the tension. Think about it. If you're doing too much of the same thing, it's not going to be her wanting to get more of it because you're just giving it. Flirt, 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 flirt. 
intensity. Instead, you give it, you chill. You give it, you chill. You give it, you chill. So she's wanting more of it. That's how you get her to chase. And then after you built up enough tension or buying temperature, then boom, you can really push the interaction. You can isolate her somewhere else if it's a cold approach and you can even go for a makeout. It's just hard to do that if there's no rapport built. Comfort, mystery used to talk that, about this in the mystery method, old pickup artist. You got to have comfort there. And he's right. He's right. You got to have some sort of comfort there. She has to have some sort of trust with you. But if you're just two player, fuck boy kind of guy flirting his tail off the entire conversation, it's not going to happen. It's going to be really tough. So let's build the tension and fix the mistake of overdoing that side of it. All right, number five. So you see flirting as a thing. This is the mistake. You see flirting as a thing and not as who you are. This was one of my revelations when I was first learning this. I always thought that flirting was something that you turned on and turned off. It was a technique. And as much as you might be learning it as a technique, eventually you want it to become who you are. You want it to become part of your personality. Flirtiness should just be the vibe that you give off. So you're always being flirty in a way. You're always being kind of jokey, joking around. You're always teasing, giving the girl some shit. You're always being a touchy-feely kind of guy because that's who you are. Because you make connections with people by breaking the touch barrier, right? This is the essence of you. Now, you might say right now, Trip, that's not me though. Like that's, what do you, like I can't, that's not me. Am I screwed? No, you're not screwed because guess what? It can become you. You can become a guy who is flirtatious and it's part of your personality. Guys, this is the the biggest thing is we really think we're stuck with our personalities. We think that who we are is who we are and we can't change. Yes, there are some parts of you that will always be the you that is you and your personality will just be that way. But that doesn't mean that you can evolve. So even if it's not you right now to be a flirty guy, you can become that person. Even if you're not a so-called charismatic individual or confident individual or talkative individual, that can become you. It's going to take a little bit of a leap. I'd say a little leap of faith, but what I really meant there was a leap of, of, of work, right? You just to get, to get to that other side, you got to put in the work. And you got to really work on, on embodying that character. Now, you don't have to. I guess if you just want to use it as a technique, you can and kind of use it when you use it. But it's going to be in your benefit to be a high-value man, to be able to flirt, to be able to converse, to be able to have conversations while feeling confident 
And all it takes is practice to getting to, it's a habit, right? So when you have a habit, and this is what I like to say, a habit becomes a habit when it finally feels weird not to do the thing, right? So let's say you're working out and you want to, I don't know, let's say you want to make a habit to run every day. Well, in the first 20 to 30 days, especially those first 10, it feels weird to run every day because you haven't done it before. But then imagine you've been running for 90 days plus and you wake up and time gets away from you and you're like, oh my God, I got to run today. It's going to feel weird not to because you're so used to it. You've created a habit. So same thing with flirting. Same thing with flirting and being a social person is right now it feels uncomfortable because it's not who you are. You've not become that person. But what if you start to practice it and every day and every week and every month, you're going out a lot, you're practicing this, you're going on a lot of dates, you're talking to women, meeting women. Eventually, it's going to become weird for you not to be that person. I've seen guys, clients, of course, that should go without being said, we turn clients into flirting dating machines. But even back in the day, I remember when I was going out with some wingmen and I was learning how to how to do this stuff, I saw some guys who were very stoic, guys who I never thought, I'm like, is this person really going to be able to figure it out? A good friend of mine at that time who I was going out with a lot and he was just a very stiff guy, you know, didn't make a lot of jokes really, very kind of like a serious demeanor. And I saw him slowly evolve and he became this really fun, outgoing, jokey, flirty dude. I would see him being that way with women and it was incredible. And I go, wow, if that guy can change, anyone can. I was a little bit different per se. I think I was comfortable with flirting a little bit. I wasn't super stoic, super serious. I was comfortable joking around and flirting, but you had to get me in the most perfect scenario. There was no way in a million years that you were just going to get me to go flirt with any woman. Like I had to get so much rapport and signs from a girl in order to do it. And then I I still would not really do it that well. So I needed to give myself the go ahead to be starting flirting right away, making it more of my personality and less of a thing I do once I see tons of signs of interest. So you can become that person too. I mean, it's just like anything, guys. You know, right now you're not, I always use the example of, of an instrument or, or sports or a hobby or something like, okay, let's say you've never played pool before. You never played tennis before. You've never strummed a guitar before. So you're not a tennis player, nor are you a guitar player. So can you become that person? Well, yeah. How do you become that person? Well, when it becomes part of your lifestyle, when you're doing it all the time. So today you're not a guitar player. Can you be one in 10 years? Yeah, for sure. No different here. Can you become a guy who's super social and fun? Maybe you might not change from introverted to extroverted, but that's fine. You don't need that. There are, I, I've told this story before. I'll say it again. I have a friend. He's the most introverted person I've literally ever met, like ever. And I come across a lot of people. I have a lot of different friends. I have a network of people. I have coaching clients galore. So I have never met 
anyone more introverted than my friend who goes out only a couple times a year. And when he does go out, he is the most social, fun, jokey, like semi-life of the party. You would never think in a million years this guy was introverted, ever, but he is. So don't confuse extroversion and introversion with shyness and, and, and sociability. Okay, so don't worry about that label. I'm mentioning this because a lot of guys get caught up in that. Oh, I'm an introvert. I'm an introvert. Da, da, da. Don't worry about that. That has nothing to do as much as you will want it to have to do with how much of your ability you will have to be social and flirty and fun and all those good things. So throw that out the window and start creating the habits that you need to break these mistakes and finally do it right and become that guy. I've seen it before. It can be done again and again. We have coaches on staff that are masters at flirting and we can absolutely help you with that over at the Trip Advice Accelerator Coaching Program. So remember, go to tripadvicecoaching.com. If you need more help in this area, if you want to learn how to create a habit of flirting, we teach that. We directly teach you how to do it so you can become that person and do it much faster than what it took me, at least. It took me at least a year, I think, to get to that point because I was doing it all alone. I was 23 years old and I didn't really have many options. So that option's now here. Become the flirtatious person. Become the guy who's sociable that women are attracted to. It's simple as going to tripadvicecoaching.com, booking a call with the team, and we'll chat with you about how it all works. Now, I do have people who email me questions. You can email me as well. If you email trip at tripadvice.com, you put in the subject line, podcast question, I will answer your question here in the podcast like I'm about to do right now. So thanks for all of those who have written in. Let's answer some questions. This is from Kunal. Hey, Trip. First off, I'd like to say I'm a big fan of your podcast. I know I'm a little late, but I've been trying to catch up on all your episodes. I wanted to know how can you get the number or numbers of girls in a group setting? What if you were only interested in one of them? How would you single them out? I'm not sure if you have already done an episode on this. And if so, could you please send me a link of it? Thanks, Kunal. Well, how about I answer it here for you on the podcast? So I have done episodes on this, but you know what? I do answer questions I've answered before as much as I can, because I know that there's people here who maybe don't know the answer. And even if you don't do know the answer, it's good to hear it again. Like I know whenever I'm learning something, I don't care if I've been learning the same thing for five years, it's good to hear it again. So the answer for this is you make it simple by just approaching one of the women. If you're Going and approaching a group of women and talking to all of them, yeah, I mean, it might be hard for you to single them out. To be honest, you could just single one of them out. Like, who cares? The only reason why you're asking that question is because you give too much of a crap, right? You asked, what if you were only interested in one? How would you single them out? Well, if I took the fear of rejection out of your head, how would you do it? Well, you would just talk to the girl and ask that girl in front of all of her friends, 
hey, what's your number? We should grab a drink sometime. But you're not doing it because you're thinking too much. You're too nervous. You're playing nice guy mentality because you're trying to figure out how to do it in a way where you won't get rejected, hurt people's feelings, blah, 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 blah. Either way, let's make it even more simple. You approach one of the women in the group, not the group, talk to her specifically, and then you can bring in the group a little bit and you talk to the group a little bit, but then you isolate the girl and then you get her number. I know it sounds crazy. Like, can you really take a girl away from a group setting? Like, is that really possible? Yes, it is. It's easier than you think. You know, when a woman is having good rapport with her friends, this is this is what I've learned here. This is what I've seen. If you go up to a group and you're, and you just you're building rapport, you're talking to a girl, you're flirting with her a little bit, and her friends are adjacent, her friends don't want to cock block her. I know it seems like maybe they do, or you maybe you've experienced that, but what I've really noticed, again, this is more anecdotal, but I've really noticed that females don't want to cock block their friends. I don't know why. My, my theory is, honestly, I, I know this is, maybe this is, this is more on the negative side, but I think that they don't want to cock block their friends because they're afraid that their friend's going to get mad at them later. So I think they kind of do want to cock block their friends, but they don't because they don't want that girl to be pissed. So what happens is you talk to a girl, the friends can notice that you're having a good time. She notices that, okay, our friend is kind of into that guy. And then when you isolate her, they let it happen because they want to just be in support of that, you know, or maybe they do. I don't know. Like, you know, maybe I'm being too little, a little too negative where I say like, oh, they want to, they kind of secretly do. I don't know. Maybe they're just all about it. Hell, hell, maybe she's the only single girl. I guess the real point is either way, I have found that friends are going to be more cool with you taking them away. Right away, they won't. Right away might be tougher because you're just some random dude coming in. But once you get to that point, you say, hey, I'm going to steal your friend for a second. Or you say to her, hey, let's go and grab a drink. Or hey, let's go. It's, let's go across the bar real quick. Tell your friends that you'll be right back. Right, And then she says, I'll be right back. And then you take her. And you guys walk over. And now you've isolated her. Right? You've gotten her number. You know, you've done whatever you've done. Point is, best to just single them out before you do the approach. Hope that helps. Let's go to next question from N. Hi, Trip. Recently started listening to your podcast and have a question about approaching in a specific situation. In short, I live across the street from a popular park and have a young, high-energy dog who I walk constantly. Lots of beautiful women around. My question is, is it okay to approach women who are walking to exercise? They're not running. I never approach someone running. That's just annoying. But they're not casually strolling either. These women are in workout gear and clearly trying to get their steps in after work or on a lunch break. What do you think? Best N. Well, what do I think? What, what do you think? I mean, I know what you think. You don't know. You've asked the question. But for the guys listening, what do you think I'm going to say here? Guys, this is all a self-esteem issue. 
You didn't think I was going to say that, but it really is. If you like yourself enough and think you're awesome, I know this is going to sound arrogant, but it's not. It's just really high self-esteem, which is you should think of how amazing of a person you are that you are giving any woman the opportunity to meet you. And you're giving this to them as a gift. Yeah, I know. I know. Sounds really arrogant. It does. But think about it. If you know you're a high quality guy, if you think you're the man, wouldn't you want to give any woman that opportunity? Wouldn't you want to give yourself that opportunity? More importantly, a guy with high self-esteem gives himself those opportunities. So because she's walking fast or she's in workout clothes or even running, you're just not going to do it. I mean, I'm really trying to trying to challenge your mindset here. Like even if she's running, like that's, you said, I'd, ra- I'd, I'd never approach someone running. That's just annoying. Is it, is it a woman who, who runs all the time and all of a sudden she gets approached by the man that could be the father of her children? I know that sounds like I'm exaggerating, but why is that not an opportunity? Why could you not be the father of her children? People approach all the time, talk to women all the time and get into relationships and that happens. So think about it that way. So why aren't you giving any woman an opportunity to meet you, whether she's running or walking, or as you said, clearly trying to get their steps in after work or on a lunch break? Yeah, let me tell you something. A woman doesn't give a shit about her steps and her cardio and all that stuff if she has the chance to meet an amazing guy that is you. So, and. Thanks for asking. Great question. Hope that helps. This one is Adam from Sydney. Hey, Trip. I've learned a lot about myself and dating over the past 18 months thanks to your content. So thanks for everything you're doing. You're welcome. Recently, I've started listening to some of your old lives that discuss online dating. In one of them, you mentioned not to open with lines like, hey, how are you? Or how is your weekend? I totally agree when you say we should be using the messages as a way to get an in-person date. But I feel that I'm struggling with my openers. Can you suggest some alternative openers that are going to build attraction and help lead the chat conversation towards an in-person date? Surely the opening line shouldn't be, let's go on a date. Or should it? Also, am I correct to assume that we want to use these initial messages back and forth to do some early filtering before actually going on an in-person date? Thanks, Adam from Sydney. Adam, everyone else, guys, get my online domination program. It's like 50 bucks. That's coffee for a month. Although I think you can still invest 50 bucks and enjoy your coffee as well. And it's going to teach you everything that you need to do to destroy online dating and get tons more dates. But yes, I did mention in old lives, all many lives, don't do, hey, how are you? How was your weekend? I like a very simple, any travel plans coming up, any travel plans, this fill in the 
blank with the season? Any travel plans this summer? Any travel plans this fall? Any travel plans this winter? That's a really good one. Women always have travel plans or want travel plans, so they'll respond. But don't think about online dating as the filter. We don't really want to filter online. Better to get the date and filter in person. Unless you're slammed with dates. Like if you have a date like every day and you're like, okay, I don't want to be going on another date. I have so many dates lined up. Well, maybe you would do some more filtering, but you wouldn't do it on the app. We don't filter in the beginning. Filter later. Filter later. Filter if you want to. Filter First filter on, on a date itself or do a FaceTime date. You could absolutely just do a FaceTime date. Filter that way. That's not, that's not going to be a problem. But uh, really, I don't want you to over filter. I would rather you get more dates. And remember that attraction is not going to be built on the app itself through the conversation. She already knows if she likes you through the pictures. You just have to be a normal, cool dude through the messaging. And the messaging is going to be very simple hey, any travel plans coming up? A few other easy questions you ask her. Then message her your number on the app. And from there, she'll actually text you if she's interested. And then you set up a date from there. Simple as can be. Don't overthink it, Adam. Guys, I want to thank you for a great episode today. Today was a good one. Really dove into those mistakes. I want you to look out for those when you're flirting. I know we're going to some more in uh, some more advanced stuff lately. I think that's going to help you out. We can definitely do more of that. And if you want to email me with a question, email me trip at tripadvice.com. Put in the subject line podcast question. We'll throw it here on the podcast. I'll answer it for you. Guys, have a great week. <laughs>